101.5 WHMP. Good afternoon and welcome to the Afternoon Buzz. And um, we are here for our um, regular conversation with Mayor Roxanne Wiedergartner, the mayor of Greenfield. And uh, as always, I'm very grateful for her to appear. Greenfield has had a, an interesting go these last uh, few weeks. And uh, the mayor, of course, has been in the middle of that. I just want to say to listeners, uh, before we went on the air, I um, asked the mayor, I said, I'm going to be asking you some questions about um, what we're going to be talking about. And she made it clear to me, which she's right about, there are certain matters she can't discuss publicly, which involve personnel and litigation. And uh, I expect that uh, if I ask a question that it seeks uh, to invade those provinces, I expect her appropriately to say that she can't answer uh, those questions if, in fact, uh, it's invading uh, those areas. But nevertheless, I feel like it's my obligation to ask those questions. So um, that's the way we're going to proceed. So hello, Roxanne. Hello there. Hello there. How are you holding up? You've been a busy mayor. <laughs> I certainly have. Well, I'm always a busy mayor. Um, I would be... Um, I would be happier if I was a busy mayor doing a lot of things to move Greenfield forward. But lately, I seem to be dealing with a particularly thorny issue that I think will ultimately get get resolved in a way that does help Greenfield move forward. Well, but let's leave that for one minute. Let's start on a happy note, which is yeah. uh, Big Brothers, yeah. Big Sisters of Franklin County is smiling this morning. So uh, a half a million dollars. Um from, uh-oh, her name is escaping me, uh, Jeff Bezos', Bezos estranged wife. And mine, too, and I don't have the newspaper in front of me. That, Mackenzie. Uh, was- Mackenzie Scott is her name. Thank yeah. you, Dan. Very generous. She doesn't really know Franklin County. She doesn't really know our big brothers, big sisters, but she had people coming in, uh, across the country looking for worthy recipients and half a million yeah. dollars, Roxanne. I know, and you know, the person that's doing the happiest happy dance is my chief of staff, Danielle Letourneau, because for a number of years, and probably to a certain extent, in fact, I know to a certain extent, my daughter, Kirsten, served on the board there, and to a certain extent, my husband, Richard, who also served on the board of Big Brothers Big Sister, but they weren't there together. So uh, it's a Weta Gartner thing, um, but Danny was... Uh, the executive officer at Big Brothers Big Sisters for a number of years. Um, she um, was there to carry on the Crump and Fox on Big Brother Big Sister golf tournament. And what she said was, that is in that golf tournament my daughter helped put on because she was out at Crump and Fox. So this is a long-winded story. Sorry about that. She uh, she worked for Sandry for a number of years, and one of her responsibilities because of her love of Big Brother, Big Sister, uh, was to help put that uh, uh, tournament on. It was started by Bill Sandry, uh, the senior uh, person, um, because he knew a lot of very famous golfers all over the country and all over the world. And he did, all he had to do was make a call, and they would come. So it was always a good fundraiser. But what Danny said the other morning when she found out is, that is 10 uh Trump and Fox golf tournaments. That's 10 of them. <laughs> okay. Yes, there yeah, you go. Well, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing. And, and there are, um, you know, it, it's wonderful to see 
uh, people willing to partner with children who uh, are not born with privilege and who can use uh, just the companionship, if not the guidance and, and assistance of a big brother or a big sister. And this will increase the capacity of the agency to do so much more. So yeah. we're all elated. And thank you, Mackenzie Scott. Forgive me for forgetting yeah. your name. <laughs> so Thanks. the elephant in the room these days in conversations with Mayor Roxanne Wiedegartner is the uh, uh, verdict. Patrick Buchanan and Lieutenant Todd Dodge had mm-hmm. um, com- filed complaints against uh, Greenfield, the police department, the city, um, the chief. And Patrick Buchanan, the, the verdict, uh, the jury came back with a um, substantial few hundred thousand dollar verdict for Patrick Buchanan, Lieutenant Dodge. He had a separate claim pursuing a whistleblower, a violation of the Massachusetts whistleblower law, um, and he did not prevail in that. Um, in the wake of that verdict, much has happened. And I guess the first thing I'd like to do is just have you summarize what happened in the wake of that verdict and where we are at today. Okay, I will do just that. Um, So, um, as you know, it was a civil case, so it was a finding. Uh, There are a number of people who like to use the word found guilty of uh, in this particular case, particularly as it relates to the police chief, but also just the police department. So, uh, that is not an accurate statement. It was a finding uh, in favor of, uh, against the city, so, and in favor of Patrick Buchanan. And it has the, it, it has the same weight, you know, it doesn't matter. It is, it is what it is. It's a financial, a monetary finding, um, which will be borne by the insurance company. We, we are a member of uh, and receive our liability insurance uh, in the city from the organization uh, called Maya, which is the Massachusetts uh, Interlocal Insurance Association. I always have to stop to think about all those words because it's M-I-I-A, not M-A-Y-A. But right. anyway, so that will not, <laughs> the ta- you know, it, it, except for the, uh, you know, the amount of money that we pay to be a member every year, um, and then the very small deductible that we have to pay, that will be paid out. The fine, should it be um, actually uh, has to be paid, it will, uh, will come from Maya. And they have supplied the attorney, uh, Attorney Leonard Keston, uh, who has been on this uh, case from the very beginning and uh, is representing uh, the city and the chief uh, in this case. And um, so, the, to my knowledge, and I forgot to check before I got on, so forgive me, but to my knowledge, the judge actually has not rendered a judgment yet, um, or at least he hadn't as of maybe the end, end of last week, give or take, um, so I, I'm hoping to get an update from Attorney Keston at some point here soon because they have also filed a a motion for a new trial. Well, they filed a few motions. There is a... Who is they? Uh, they, I'm sorry. When I say they, I mean uh, Attorney Keston okay. uh, and the insurance. So, okay. Sorry about that. Um, as it relates to the chief and Todd Dodge, uh, I... 
put them immediately on paid leave of absence. And it was nothing to do with the verdict, but had to do with um, a voir dire that occurred during the trial in which there were, and the record of which had been sealed. Um, so a voir dire is, a, is an inquiry that is out of the presence of the jury. And... Um, I- questions and answers, and that was sealed by uh, Judge Mark Mason, and there was a request to release that uh, the contents of that voir dire, and Judge Mason uh, declined to do it and, and remains sealed as of now, right? I believe it still remains sealed, although uh, a second request to unseal it was made, um, and the contents of that relate to the the paid leave of absences for both both uh, police uh, men, uh, Lieutenant Dodge and Chief Robbie Haig, um, they um, it, it, it concerns statements made by both of them. So there is an investigation that is occurring, an outside investigator that is incurring, occurring <clears throat> that we actually need to have those tapes for so that it can be a thorough investigation. Um, Into whether or not there was racial animus in uh, Mr. Buchanan's case. And in some cases, and in also in related, also related to the statements that were made in the Wadir. Mm -hmm. So that's about all I can say about that, except that, Chief Haig remains on paid leave of absence until the investigation is completed and, and we can figure out also where the trial is going at this time. Um, I did bring Todd Dodge back on because in the midst of all of this, you probably know that the city council cut $400,000 out of the salary line item of the, of the um, police department, which ultimately will likely mean the um, layoff of at least seven <clears throat> police officers. Right. And uh, they're likely to be officers. patrol officers, is that right? <laughs> that is correct. And we have a last hired, first fire clause in our in their union contract. And they're civil so, service, correct? Uh, they are not civil service. They are they those particular officers are out of civil service. Oh. Uh, Service remain in civil service because of the date upon which they were hired. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of this is in the weeds, Buzz. But nevertheless, uh, <laughs> it is in the uh, weeds. But by, by the way, Mayor, you're breaking up just a little bit. If you could move to a a more secure. By the way, Location. Yeah. So I, I have to ask you this. Um, yeah. And the question is, you make, you released a statement, a pretty thorough statement last Friday, and yeah. um, you were criticized by other. We we had both the chair and the vice chair of the Human Rights Commission uh, here on the program for Greenfield, and um, the, there was a consternation expressed about a statement that you made that said you believe that the chief will be exonerated when it comes to racial prejudice eventually. And yet in your statement, you said that because the jury returned a decision in Lieutenant Dodge's case in favor of the city of Greenfield, they didn't believe his claim, I believe is what you said, um, that he'd been retaliated against. And so 
Um, it seemed like one in one instance you were accepting the verdict and of the jury, and in the other, you were not. Is so. I'm just giving you the opportunity to talk about that because others are talking uh, about that. Well, you know, they have it. They have it a little bit backwards, or whatever they said to you. They may have had back a little bit misconstrued. Um, when I, because I know certain things that occurred during the trial, that will likely cause. Um, the attorneys um, for Maya, the attorney for Maya and Maya to ask for a new trial um, going forward if they haven't already filed that motion. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can't really <laughs> go into great detail, but that is why uh, I think I said early on, because I was in court for a couple of those days, as was Danny, so we did see some of what happened in the court. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I, uh, I believe once we finally do get through to the end of this, if we are able to do that through the court system, and you know how painfully slow that is sometimes. Unfortun Unfortunately, I do. Yeah. So um, it, uh, I, think, I think the city will likely be in good shape, as will the chief of police. But I, I don't pretend to know what goes on inside of the court's mind from time to time, and, and it, will all, it will all start over again. Uh, so it'll be a while before that happens. So as it stands now, I, I have to accept the jury, but what I think I said, well, what I know I said in my statement was that, that understanding and hearing that um, the finding for in favor of Patrick Buchanan was based on racial animus is 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 just extremely painful, uh, both for me as an individual and certainly as mayor, but also for for Robbie Haig, who actually has done a great deal to advance um, community policing and, uh, you know, understanding of equity, racial equity and other aspects of equity, gender and so forth, um, as part of work that he's been doing. So, and the women and men of the police department, you know, go out every day uh, with that mindset that, you know, they're there to protect and to serve uh, and they don't, and that's not like a saying in their mind. That is what they do. Um, so it, it's very painful to hear it, but it's there. You know, we have to, we can't go backwards, but we only have to go forward. We can't go backwards. That's true for all of us all the time. We are talking to Mayor Roxanne Wiedergartner, and we are grateful to be talking to her. We're going to take a break and be back with you in just a few minutes. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. It'd be so nice to come home to. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. So this is Massachusetts' way of saying we think it's an important program. We think it's important enough to continue for students and their families. And we're going to put the money up front to make sure it continues so that if the federal government does not renew it, Massachusetts will still have universal school meals. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. 
the co-op, the Greenfield Cooperative Bank. Hi. I'm Mike Buckmaster, Senior Vice President, Commercial Lending at the Greenfield Cooperative Bank and Northampton Co-op Bank Division. We have the best local commercial lending team in the Pioneer Valley. We're an SBA preferred lender and unlike other banks, each of our team members has individual lending authority for fast local decisions. Hi, I'm Barbara Campbell, Assistant Vice President of Commercial Lending. Whether you're looking for a business loan or a line of credit, we can get your plans off the ground. Come and see us for help. And I'm Jim Alexander, Vice President of Commercial Lending. You can reach any of our experienced commercial loan officers by phone or through bestlocalbank.com. Meet one of us at your business or any of our locations. Greenfield Cooperative Bank is an equal housing lender, member FDIC, member DIF. You can count on your friends at the I think about moments in my life where I got through because of the support that I had, and to be able to offer that to people feels really important. EJ is a program director at ServiceNet. One of the reasons I landed in community mental health is it's quality care for folks who couldn't access it in other ways. If you're a licensed mental health clinician who wants to make your own hours while also being part of a progressive community mental health team, join us at ServiceNet. Go to the employment page at servicenet.org. Right in your town, maybe even in your neighborhood, an immigrant is building a new life, trying to find their way, all while learning a new language. The International Language Institute offers free English classes for immigrants and refugees, for true beginners and others, like students in our Bridge to College and Careers program. One of the nation's top language schools is right here, with free English classes for immigrants and refugees. The International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. We are back with Mayor Roxanne Wiedergartner. Uh, uh, Mayor Wiedergartner, the city council voted to almost a half million dollars uh, in excess of $400,000 to cut the budget of the police department. Okay. Um, and what is, and now, always it's good to save money i'm sure that if anyone wants to save money it's you um there's mm -hmm. been this tension in the last few years in the in the wake of george floyd um between those who say let's abolish the police and those who say let's uh, limit the police and let's have other people responding to mental health crises not the police what are your feelings about the city council's decision to cut um that amount of money well I am going to answer that, but before I go there, let me just quickly finish the thought I had before we, we broke for, for advertising there. Um, I am I have called for and have taken steps to have an external audit of our police department done based on with racial bias, um, gender equity, uh and discrimination as the overarching theme of that audit. Uh, it's similar to one that was done in Albany, um, and they've been done in the South. Uh, they, Holyoke is having one done now. I think theirs is more from an operational standpoint, but this will look at operations uh, as, of the police department, hiring practices, promotional practices, et cetera, um, uh, with, through the lens of, of, of uh, the finding in this court case. So um, 
you know, and that'll take a parallel track to whatever happens in the court case. And I have asked the city council to uh, join me in that um, in that venture because I'm going to have to go to them and have gone to them or will in June for the funding for it. So um, we are beginning to have those conversations now, um, very recently. So, uh, you know, we'll, I'm hoping that they will see that as a priority and as a way to begin to gather the kind of information we need to actually um, see where we need to put the sheet, the, the sort of the ship, <laughs> right the ship. Right the ship. The green, uh, the I've, I've got to be as careful as a mayor in what I'm about to say, but yeah. I, I think it's a fair comment. As, as you know, um, Roxanne, for uh, 17, 18 years, I taught at Greenfield Community College, and I had one foot in the political science department um, and one foot in the criminal justice um, program. I taught criminology. There were times when I taught intro to criminal justice because it was my turn. And, uh-huh. um, th- and I taught, I think, pro- criminology probably, I don't know, 60 courses in the, in the years that I did it, for three, three years in addition as an adjunct. So, and during that time was a Quinn bill, which for those who remember, there was added incentive in terms of salary bumps for officers mm-hmm. to take liberal arts courses to enhance uh, their familiarity with the community and their um, to sort of break into the sort of blue veil that uh, that uh, police officers are, are usually thought to uh, the culture of a blue veil. Um, the reason why I'm mentioning that, and I don't want to limit it to police officers, there was a lot of talk in my courses, I'm a civil rights attorney, uh, about um, racial animus, gender inequity, disability rights, um, for not only police officers uh, in the course, but for other people in the course, and uh, almost universally, people paid lip service. But when it really came to discussing the cases that I assigned, or the readings that I assigned quite often, what would leach out is the kind of thing that doesn't matter whether you're a police officer or anyone else, that the kind of uh, racism that a lot of us experience in other people. And so to me, an audit, a real investigatory effort to find out those subliminal ways that we discriminate against each other um, is a really good idea. And I, I applaud it. I hope the, single, the, the, the city council does it, and I hope it's a really true audit, a really aggressive attempt to get to the bottom of it. That's how we progress, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we have to follow 30B, so we do have to go out to bid. Um, but I am hoping that I've done a little investigating, and I'm hoping that uh, at least one or more of the people that I've looked at will, I mean, it's one of them happens to be the, the, the company that did the audit uh for Albany. Um, so I'm hoping that they will, uh, you know, see fit to respond to that and that, you know, we can somehow find a good agency to do it because I, I from what I've looked at, they're out there. Uh, with regard to the police budget, if we have enough time, um, I, I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> I mean, they were very, uh, the meetings, the two meetings themselves were uh, very distressing. Um, because they were really grounded primarily in defunding the police and the rhetoric around defunding the police. They had, I presented the city council with a balanced 
budget that funded our police department, which by no means is overfunded, um, and uh, would provide all of the services that were needed uh, and supplied by the police department, which are many. Um, you know, they don't just chase bad guys uh, and gals. Uh, they do a lot of things in this community of a social justice nature and just, uh, you know, a community police. That's who they are. It's in their blood. Um, so um, that uh, to do that in order to send, quote unquote, from the council's mouth themselves, um, not all of them, but many of them, uh, send a message based on a finding of uh, a jury that of a court case that hasn't even made its way all through the court, you know, all through the court is, is to me was, as I said, um, uh, a real example of, uh, a disturbing example of pretty bad governing, um, from what I heard, um, at the meetings. Um, and I don't see that it was helping the, 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 the people of Greenfield. You know, when you have to um, reduce your police officers, you are just going to reduce your services. And um, that's just a fact. So, you know, there will be fewer people on shifts. There will be fewer people to address domestic violence calls. There will be fewer people to address and investigate domestic violence and child abuse. Um, it is possible it will put our co-response unit in jeopardy, um, something that was built up under Police Chief Haig with the assistance of Deputy Chief Gordon, who's now acting Chief Gordon. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's the people of Greenfield. There were 17,700 plus people here in Greenfield. And that those over those two nights, they might have heard from a hundred people, mm. most of whom I do believe do live in Greenfield, but their agenda was to defund the police. So um, now that is coming due. And people in Greenfield who didn't even dream that that would happen uh, are now knocking on the counselor's doors. And so uh, that's, you know, that's, that's what you pay. That's what you do when you're, when you're an elected official, you, you have to take, you have to take the heat, uh, as for, for your actions as much as, as anything else. So. As, yeah, as you well know and have learned. <laughs> yeah. So I really want to thank you, Roxanne, for joining us today. And I'm uh, really grateful that we were able to hear, uh, from your own mouth, your own views. This is an important thing. Um, I, I know that when you said, uh, racial animus makes your blood crawl. I'm I'm sure that that's true, and at the same time, uh, a lot of people yeah. thinking you're, thinking you're overly defending the police, and yeah. um, this drama is going to unfold in the weeks yeah. and months in front of us. And I hope we can continue yeah. to keep in touch with you, and I hope you can continue to honestly express to our listeners what you really believe. Yeah, I will. I mean, you and I were raised in the South, so we we've seen racism. We know it when we see it. Indeed. And, uh, you know, it's 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 not Greenfield is not immune, but um, but there's no place for it uh, anywhere. Anywhere, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Roxanne, thank you. Uh, I, I hope you hold up well during this, uh, the pressures that you're under right now, but I'm sure you will. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day, maybe. Oh, well, I'm busy. <laughs> okay. We're going to be right. right back with Nan Parati and her guest, Mr. Olson. We're going to hear a lot about what it takes to run fairs right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. The city of Northampton is hosting a series of listening sessions to discuss the best ways to spend ARPA funds. Mayor Gina Louise Shera has set aside $4 million of the city's $21.7 million for pandemic-related recovery. We've appointed an ARPA commission. This is a group of area specialists and stakeholders on the areas that we know that people are interested in supporting in Northampton, and they are going to advise me on how to distribute these funds. The next sessions are tonight at Jackson Street School Cafeteria at 6 p.m. and a virtual session tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Workers at Trader Joe's number 512 in Hadley have petitioned the National Labor Relations Board for a union election. They will be represented by Trader Joe's United, a new and independent labor organization. After presenting their managers with a letter requesting voluntary recognition, crew members at the Hadley Trader Joe's have submitted well over the required 30 percent of cards necessary to mandate an election. And Montague will be getting three new bridges. MassDOT is planning a mass replacement of Turner's Falls Road's White Bridge the Cross Canal Green Bridge, and 6th Street Bailey Bridge as part of an estimated $56 million project slated to begin in four to five years. The project, anticipated to be a three-year process, is expected to be funded through Governor Charlie Baker's $9.7 billion infrastructure bond bill. Partly the mostly sunny breezy this afternoon, a high of 78 to 82. Increasing clouds tonight will be dry during the evening hours, and then rain arrives well after midnight, a low of 58 to 64. Plan on heavy rain for the morning commute tomorrow, even the chance for some thunder and lightning, scattered showers in the afternoon, a high of 72 to 76, dry and windy on Friday. 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. Pacific Printing in Northampton has been a leader in screen-printed and embroidered apparel in the Pioneer Valley for 30 years. With 8,000 square feet of production, Pacific Printing produces thousands of custom garments for businesses, schools, teams, and events. Let the team of Pacific Printing create a professional look for you. Visit us at Damon Road in Northampton or OceanUpPromotion.com. When it comes to investing, we're taught the higher the risk, the better the reward. Francis Ram, the money doctor, says it isn't necessarily true. We need to remember that with risk comes the potential for losses, and making up losses can set us back or worse, delay our retirement. You've heard the testimonials for years about how her patented program helps people become 100% debt-free, far ahead of schedule. But did you know that for more than 35 years, Dr. Ram has been helping people retire well with Without unnecessary risk, Dr. Ram says most people mistakenly accept that in order to earn attractive interest rates, they must tolerate risk and that choosing safety means settling for lackluster returns. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can earn competitive rates and minimize taxes without risking a single dollar of your hard-earned savings. Contact the money doctor at Hug Your Money for a free consultation. Call 413-773-3333 or visit HugYourMoney.com. 
$1 tacos yeah. at Mame Iguanas? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Let's go. $1 tacos at Mame Iguanas. Yes. I don't believe you. Would I lie to you? You're always lying to me. I mean about tacos. How about shrimp tacos? A dollar. Beef tacos? A dollar. I need a margarita. Mama Iguanas, the grand reopening. Dollar tacos all week. Tacos al pastor? Dollar. Mama's back. The margaritas, the enchiladas, mole, and guacamole. Dinner Tuesday through Sunday. Lunch on the weekend. And this week only, all tacos, one dollar. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. And this is Wednesday. And Nan Parati, have you acclimated after a week of being where you belong oh, yeah. here? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. I have. And I feel really good about being here. Yeah. Admit it. You're still on New Orleans time. No, I Admit am. Admit I'm, <laughs> I'm on New Orleans time, but I'm in Ashfield way of life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but now I'm working on Green River Festival. You There's are? There's so much to do. You are a festival junkie. I am. I love it. And today I have with me Jim Olson, who is the producer of the Green River Festival. And he's partly responsible for me being here because I came up here in 2005 to do the Green River Festival for one year. Although I didn't know you then. That's right. One year really your fault. Yeah. You didn't create Katrina. Katrina. Uh, that's just what happened while I was here. And now I've been here all these years. We still work together. And today you're my guest, which is really cool. Yes. Very <laughs> nice to be here in the other studio. I'm usually over across the hall I know. on the river. I know it. I know it. I have a really good suggestion, Nan. Yes. You should say your guest's name. Oh, my name is, my, my name is Nan Peretti. <laughs> His name is Jim Olson. <laughs> and Jim, thank you very much for being here, because I know you are busy. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. Uh, festival is uh, in two weeks. I know it. A little it. over two weeks. I know it. we got to go on site. we got a whole thing to build. Yep. We've got a lot to do. I, would, I have a whole backdrop to design, which I'm going to show you today. Excellent. Yeah. It's going to be but good. But I'm going to interrupt one more time. It's June 24th to June 26th. That's a Friday Correct. through Sunday. Yes. Right. And where do people get tickets before we start our conversation? Um, it's up at the Franklin County Fairgrounds in Greenfield. You get tickets at greenriverfestival.com. Right. I've done my job. You're very good. <laughs> but here's what I want to talk about. This is completely different. I mean, it's, it's a festival, but it's even more important. On the way over here, I just happened to be listening to an interview with Terry Gross, interviewing Chris Blackwell, who started Island Records and became tremendous in the world. I happened to meet Chris Blackwell. I knew him back in the day. Um, so it was really cool to listen to his, to his interview as I was coming to interview you because you are the, the Greenfield version of Chris Blackwell. Yeah, but I, I don't own a, an island in the Caribbean. The There's way. that. There's that, right. <laughs> Chris, <but laughs> Chris Blackwell does. <laughs> I know, but you are so good. The two of you share that, that, that capacity to be able to listen to somebody, recognize them before anybody else recognizes them. And I know that because I worked festivals all over the country, big, big, big festivals. And the people, so many of the people that I first hear at Green River Festival Two years later, are at Newport at Jazz Fest in New Orleans, and they and the first time I heard them, one of my very favorite stories was uh, I think around 2008, maybe it was two guys who were playing on the stage, the main stage, and they were so good, and I really really enjoyed them, and asked you who they were, you told me, and I said how much did they cost, and you told me, and it was like two dollars and fifty cents. I mean, it was so cheap <laughs> to get these guys Wasn't to play. Wasn't quite that cheap. <laughs> they were the Avit Brothers. Mm -hmm. I tried to get them. About uh, six months later to play at Elmer's, but there were fifty thousand dollars at that point. And I'm serious; it was six months after they played Green River Festival, and you had paid very little money. But you knew them; you recognized. And how a lot of people tried to do that sort of thing. You also have Signature Sound Records, so you've been doing that for a long time. How do you do that? 
Part of it actually is working with other musicians and working with other artists. Uh Uh, My best talent scouts are the musicians I work with because they spend their life touring the country, playing clubs, playing festivals. Uh And they're all obviously music fans too because they're musicians. They tell you. Uh-huh. Like, keep your eye on this person. Go, Do they really? Go see this person. Uh-huh. And so it just, through that, I've kind of developed a little radar for, you know, catching the buzz on people before it has buzz. <laughs> I'm good at that, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that it's just a matter of keeping your ear to the ground. Plus, I'm just a huge music fan. I listen to music. If you, if you visit my house and I'm not sleeping, there's music on the house at all times. Uh-huh. And that, that's just that's just the way it always has been. Uh, you know, I, I my wife kids me because I have just a horrible memory for names, faces, <laughs> dates, anything. But I can tell you in detail about a concert I saw in 1977 featuring so and so, or you know, just this musical trivia stuff. Uh-huh. That's what sticks in my brain. That is so cool. Tell us. I mean, if you, if you don't mind, if you can think of something right quick, some some of the some of your best stories. Do you have got any good stories for people you've discovered, or just in general? You know, I mean, the the thing that they'll put on if I get anything on my headstone, if I have a headstone, uh-huh. is that I quote unquote discovered Lake Street Dive. It's not like they didn't exist before I found them, right? But that's the one that kind of sticks out. Yeah. Um, in the very early days of YouTube, I mean like the very early days of YouTube, somebody sent me a video of this band with a trumpet, a ukulele, a bass player, and a singer playing a song on a, a children's swing set in a park. Uh-huh. And there was something about it that the singer, there was, they, they looked like they were having so much fun. And it was just, you know, incredible. And, and so I... I I asked the friend, who's this group? Lake Street Dive. And I said, where do I find them? He said, well, they don't really play. And so I invited them to play at a club in Turner's Falls called The Rendezvous. I said, come on out, you know, come out and do a, a show. Uh-huh. And, you know, I want to meet you guys. I want to see you play. And, and so they did. It was a Sunday night. It was raining. And there were six people in the room, including <laughs> the three other people I brought with me, the bartender, <laughs> and I think like one other person. Uh-huh. And they set up and they did this show and they were absolutely amazing. And and from there we just forged a relationship. And so so that's the one that's that's the dream. That's that's the the record yeah. man, the festival person's dream to find somebody completely off the radar. And did you help then create who they are today? I mean, because did you sign them up for signature sounds and I mean we worked together. I helped guide them because mm-hmm. they didn't have a manager or anything, but the talent was so undeniable uh-huh. that um you know, they pretty much discovered themselves. Once once they got going, once the rest of the world saw what it was, it, uh-huh. it was not hard to convince the world that this band is great. And lo and behold, here we are. That was in 2009. Here uh-huh. we are in 2022, and they're headlining this year's Green River Fest. And, and headlining everywhere else, too. I mean, again, oh, yeah. they're certainly a band that I make lots of signs for around the country. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is cool. Um <laughs> I, I love it because when I first started working with them, they had this beat up old white van that they called Vanna White. <laughs> and now for Green River Fest, they're coming in two tour buses and a full semi truck full of stuff. Oh, that's so cool. That's... What do they call it? Bus Eisenberg? Is that what that is? <laughs> oh, very good. You're good today. There we go. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I get, okay, I got one minute. We got, you got any one, one minute stories? 
I just, you know, want to say that um, that's what I love about festivals. I go to a lot of music festivals. It's my business. Mm -hmm. And I love going around the country and going to these festivals. And you, you find performers, but you also find communities. And yeah. that, that's really what the festival world is all about, is, is you create this little village that for three days. It, right. It's sort of the coolest business you can be in. It is absolutely. Don't, don't any of y'all out there think that you can come and take our jobs? Because <laughs> we got the best jobs in the world. It is abs I've been doing festivals for 38 years. And I love it so much. It gets me so excited. And they happen all they happen all over the place, and and it's just it's just a a little different subgenre that I, I haven't found in any other. That is true. Walk of life. Absolutely true. Yeah. I but know. none are better than the Green River Festival. We're going to be back right after this and talk more about what is going to happen between June twenty fourth and June twenty sixth. That is the Green River Festival. We'll be right back after these messages. Come back with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. On our next show, we'll speak with Caleb Gale, award-winning journalist whose new book is We Refuse to Forget, the true story of Black Creek's American identity and power, and then... Breaking news from outer space with Hampshire College professor and astronomer Salman Hamid, followed by the Reverend and the Rabbi. All this beginning Thursday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. Hi, it's Jessica, owner of Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. As the weather gets warmer, I know many of you are thinking about your spring-summer workout schedule. And if you're like me, it's all about finding work, life, and workout balance. Which is why when you sign up at Fitness Together, you'll put a schedule together with your personal trainer that actually works for you, is stress-free, and will help you stay fit, healthy, and balanced. Visit us online today at fitnesstogether.com, Amherst, or Northampton, and sign up for your free consultation. I chose community mental health to serve populations that are often underserved. Megan is a therapist at ServiceNet. One core value at ServiceNet is to continue to learn, to really strive for the most effective treatment. If you're looking for a strong sense of community and collaboration, come to ServiceNet. If you're a licensed mental health clinician who wants to make your own hours while also being part of a progressive community mental health team, join us at ServiceNet. Go to the employment page at servicenet.org. At PV Squared Solar, we live by our mission, energizing a brighter future for people and planet. This year, we are celebrating our 20th anniversary. 20 years of designing, building, and maintaining quality solar. 20 years of relationships founded on trust and clean energy. 20 years of powerful cooperation. Thank you for the partnerships along the way, and we look forward to serving this community for 20 years more. Happy birthday, PV Squared! Learn more at pvsquared.coop. Pie is like duct tape. It fixes everything. We must have pie, the great playwright David Mamet said. Stress cannot exist in the presence of a pie. So you go to Paul and Elizabeth's, you order a slice of pie, or you call and order a whole pie. I'll pick it up Saturday. They make cream pies at Paul and Elizabeth's and fruit pies, whatever's in season, peach pie in deep summer, apple in fall. Pie fixes everything. Therefore, Paul and Elizabeth's restaurant is a repair shop inside Thorns in downtown Northampton. Emma, it's bread and 
with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with, with Nan and um, Jim Olson. Yeah. For and Green Father Hill. John Misty. And Father John Misty, right. So who are some of the people you're excited about? I mean, of course, everyone, but who, who are you? Well, especially? Father John is one of our headliners. He headlines on Sunday. Uh-huh. He is an interesting guy. Yeah. He was in the band The Fleet Foxes, which uh, are yeah. a big deal. Oh, I didn't know he and was part of he, them. He left and uh, started his own solo career and uh, has put out some really fantastic music. And yeah. He's going to be uh, closing the show on Sunday, so uh-huh. oh, very excited about that. But, y- you know, it's we're gathering 35-something bands from all corners of the country and in, uh, some international artists, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we do. It's not, uh, you know... Some festivals, you have a blues festival or a bluegrass right. festival or whatever, we a genre-specific festival. Yeah. Green River's not that. We, we kind of mi- mix and match a little bit of everything. Do you have some new people that maybe that you are recently discovering that you want people to listen to? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I spend all year collecting these bands <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and trying to, get them, trying to get them here and, and hope that uh, people will love the discovery. Um, I'm especially excited about a woman named Katie Pruitt uh-huh. who... Um, is a Nashville singer-songwriter just kind of getting going, but with a enormous voice, sort of a, I think she's going to be the next Brandy Carlisle. Oh, cool. That's and good. She, she's playing on, on uh, Saturday yeah. afternoon. I remember seeing Brandy before that many people knew her, seeing her at Green River Festival. I yep. remember that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and we got a great soul band called The Dip from the West Coast, which has I don't believe they've ever played around here. I mm-hmm. think people are going to love that. But the list goes on and on. You can find out all... All the whole lineup and uh, find it, hear some of it and, and read about the folks at GreenRiverFestival.com. I'm excited about Dust Bowl Revival. I love them. They're a band that we had a few years ago that uh, everybody loved and mm-hmm. they loved us and uh, it's going to be really fun to bring them back. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of resist that temptation, you know. You have you bring in bands that do really well and the temptation is, well, bring them back next year. Mm-hmm. Bring them back the year after that. Mm-hmm. But I, f- I feel like that's where... Festivals get stale when you uh-huh. when you when you keep bringing the same people back, you know, year after year. Right, right. Last year, of course, we had John Baptiste right before he shot off into the. And you know, we would have brought him back, but it would have been stale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that old John Baptiste, right? But that was just so cool. It was another thing where you said, "Let me get him," and then you know, gosh, he's he's very expensive now. <laughs> More. Yeah, than- and, and the amazing thing is, even since then, I think he's performed a total of maybe ten concerts really? in two in two years. He just doesn't, he's so busy with his film and TV and right. everything else that he's right. doing that he doesn't actually go out and give concerts. So the fact that we, we, we got him. were able to pull that off is, is still kind of a miracle. I know it. I know it. That is so, so, that's, that's one of the things I absolutely love about working with Green River Festival. I mean, I got Newport, I got Jazz Fest, I've got a lot of festivals I do, but I love Green River for this, because of you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I think there's also, with Newport and Jazz Fest, because they're, Better known, mm-hmm. longer established in bigger markets. There's an expectation you're going to see mm-hmm. these sort of people. Right. Whereas in Greenfield, Mass, you know. Right. That's what not, makes it not, so Not so much. It makes it so special. Yeah. And so let's say the dates just so people remember. June 24th through 26th. Yes. And Franklin County Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds. We used to have it at GCC at Greenfield Community College, but we moved it. Yep. And it's, and it's good. 
Yeah. We like it. We, it it's really good. We were allow, able to spread out a little bit more. We've got... Camping on site. Camping on site. We've got all these cool buildings to work with, and we, we're, we're definitely going to have some new surprises this year. So. Yeah, right, right. I know it's going to be really, really Can't fun. Can't wait for people to see Delilah. Delilah. Delilah, the giant whale. Oh, that's right. I forgot we about the giant whale. a life-size whale coming to Green River Press this year. <laughs> a real live for whale, the, For Jim? the kids. <laughs> a real live hot air whale, whale. Okay, that'll yes. be good. That'll <laughs> Does Samson know about this? <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. So can we circle back for a minute, Jim? So when you said there's some bands that we know are really popular that are, but we don't want things to get stale. So if you have a cadre of people who love a particular band, is it your obligation to produce fresh faces for crowds because you want to support their music and their careers? Or even if it's stale, to satisfy the will of a lot of, Green River Festival. It's a balance. Doors. It's a balance. And, you know, again, you're booking 35 bands. So, yes, you can have the familiar. You can have the new. There's there's room for both. Um, but I find it's more exciting with a band like Dust Bowl Revival, who are great. And last time we had them, I think the only time we had them was 2018. Mm-hmm. And so people remember, oh, that band is great. Oh, they're coming back. Right, you know? right. So it's, it's almost more exciting if you skip a few years and then mm-hmm. bring a band back. Right, that is true. And, of course, people who are concerned about things, we were talking just before we went live, about, you know, COVID and stuff, but it's all outdoors. And according to the exactly. CDC, it's outdoors and come and there will be a breeze because <laughs> that's what <laughs> takes things away. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty safe to do outdoors. We did it last stuff. year and, and did not notice a, an uptick in stuff afterwards. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. We're outdoors, so it'll be all right. Buzz, you can come too. Yeah. Um, how, how am I doing here? I don't, I don't want to. All right, good. <laughs> um, so, Jim, I am curious, since I've got a little more time here, um, what got you into all this besides, how, who, did you start the Green River Festival? Where did it come from? I was amongst the group of people who started it. Um, the, the old story is uh, in 1986, WRSI, the station across the hall, right. now known as The River, uh-huh. was based in Greenfield at that point. Uh-huh. And those of us who worked there decided that we had to have a party to celebrate its fifth birthday. Uh-huh. And so we booked uh, a day at Greenfield Community College with NRBQ. And, you know, you talk about bands that blew up after Green River Festival, we booked an unknown band called 10,000 Maniacs. Uh-huh. Wow, so that's cool. were just a bunch of kids from uh, Jamestown, New York. And, you know, again, a year later, they blew up. Uh-huh. Um, so that was the genesis of, of the event. At the same time, we were planning this music event, and Hamilton at the Franklin County Chamber of Commerce wanted to start a balloon festival, right. a hot air balloon festival. Right. And she started that in 1986. Uh-huh. And basically, the two events merged and for a long time, it was more about balloons than music. We just have a flatbed truck and some local bands, and there would be balloons. And then over the years, it sort of grew. I, I always say Green River Festival has had the slowest growth curve of any event ever. <laughs> it took 35 years to get us to where we are now. <laughs> but it worked, and we're here <laughs> now. Worked. That's yeah. really, really, really cool. And how far, I mean, you don't have any plans to retire or anything, do you? Someday, I no. hope. No, come I on. Hope. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just saw Paul McCartney at Fenway Park last night, and he's about to turn 80, and he was fantastic. And it makes you realize you're a wimp if you retire exactly. at age 65. That's exactly what I th- I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not planning to retire yeah. at all. 
Um, I don't think any of these bands are either. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be good. Okay. <laughs> I think they're giving us the wrap it up. They're they're giving us the wrap it up. Is there any, anything else you'd like to say about Green River Festival? No, I just I just want to encourage folks who've never been there. We have amazing food. We mm -hmm. have tons of stuff for the kids to do. We Lots have of crafts. incredible local crafts. Everything is local except for the bands. Right. <laughs> it is literally the best of the Pioneer Valley. And some of the bands are local. Yep. Lake Street yep, we Dive. Do, we do have some local bands. Yeah. But on Sunday, I think you have Young at Heart. We have yes, the young, I'm we have so the young at heart excited course. about Young at Heart. That's right. So, you know, even if you're not a huge music fan, if you come to this event, I guarantee you'll have a good time. That is absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah, so it's going to be so much fun. Check well, it, out. it is so much fun. So, and by the way, I was at that first one. You were? All right. Yes, cool. That's so cool. The, our kids took little balloon rides when they first did the balloon thing. So there, <laughs> there you go. go. That's neat. So this is great. Nan, thank you. Jim, thank you. You bet, Buzz. Yeah, do we say break a leg to uh, festival sure, producers? Sure, why not? Right. All right, say, break say, whatever. Say you hope no rain is what you yeah, want. Yeah, that's what you say. I hope no want. rain and break a pen or whatever <laughs> the hell you... <laughs> <laughs> Jim Olson, good luck. Nan, see you next week. Okay. All right, everybody. And join us tomorrow at 4 o'clock for an interesting afternoon buzz. Have a good evening, everybody. This is the Afternoon I Buzz so with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. Looking to take a little breather from the news? We don't blame you. Why don't you turn the dial over to our pure oldie station, 96.9. It's the music you grew up with. WHMP and the News will be right here when you get back. The only live and local talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton Radio Group station. It's 5 o'clock.